welcome to Juice. We're at Provine. I'm Emily Harmon. I'm Gwen Douglas. And today we're here with Sean, Sean O'Callaghan. From? From Tenuta di Caglione, a new hey. project in Radin County. Lovely. Super happy to have you, Sean. And I think for everybody that's listening, it's interesting to maybe let them know why we know each other. So, uh, Sean, your background maybe is a good segue point into how we came across each other. So I, I moved to Tuscany from Germany after being in Germany for eight years. I moved to Tuscany on, when I went on holiday and met a guy called John Dankley, who was the owner of Reactionet. He offered me a job. Keep the story short. He offered me a job, and I stayed there for 26 years. Amazing! <laughs> that was the longest holiday ever taken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then one day, Emily came and did a vintage for me, with me. Yeah, it was yeah. very, it was very great actually. <laughs> so we met each other through uh, another winemaker who um, is quite well known in Australia now, Tom Shobrick. Sort of the fundamental part of his of his learning of winemaking was from Sean, and he worked for Sean between. I think it was 2000, 2006, or yeah. 99, 2006. He did sort of six or seven vintages with me. Yeah, and he was sort of saying it was great because he sort of, like, he still says like a little part of his heart was left in in Goli and Chianti. Oh, nice. And he always pointed out the little house you can see from the vineyard. So, And uh, and I did Harvest with Tom in 11, um, and he said, oh, if you're going to Europe and you want to do a harvest, then you have to do Harvest with Sean. So what have we got here? Because yeah, it's a Sean, to Carleone. So, so, Tell us a little bit about Tenuti so, so to Carleone because I think um, so new project. What happened is I left Riechen in just before harvest in 2016. I was helping in the meantime um, um, an Austrian couple who had just bought two beautiful properties and were renovating them opposite Montevettina. In so Radin County. Radin County, yeah. So opposite Montevettina, which is they make the great Pegler Torte. So. Um, in 15, I, I helped them make a little bit of wine in somebody else's cellar. And then 16, I started making the wine uh, in our cellar, which I'd set up. And uh, so we're tasting now the rosé. It's a beautiful uh, colour. Which is, uh, I think rosé should be rosé. It should be made out of, out of grapes that have been picked to make rosé, not out of saignée or anything like that. So we go through all the vineyards three or four weeks before harvest and pick what's too much so where there's too many grapes on a, on a plant and we leave just one bunch per uh, cane and uh, we press it uh, without destalking it put it in a cement tank and keep it at 13 degrees centigrade and it spontaneous fermentation no added yeast and just keep it there and this is what comes out what's really nice is that this actually is something that you could put on a table my mum and dad would drink this without thinking but equally, I think wine people will appreciate it because there's a finesse to it. Totally. It's really delicious. And I have to say, there's something sort of like almondy about it. Maybe I'm crazy. But it made me think of Battenberg cake. Weird, I know. Battenberg cake. Yeah, you know Battenberg with the sort yeah. of almond yeah, yeah. Yeah, going on. Slight, but then a little a slight sweet, sweetness in there. A slight yeah. sweetness and a little nut. And it's, yeah, which is totally to me, Battenberg cake. From the fermentation, the sweetness is really natural. So it's 100% yeah. really nice. so Sanjuan. It's a way of making, rather than doing a green harvest earlier on, we do basically do a sort of red harvest and to improve the red grapes, and this is what comes out. So it's, 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 it's a little bit of a byproduct from the viticulture rather than what we used to do is what we used to do, the Seigneur, uh, or the Salasso we call it in Italy, where you take 10 to 15% of the must okay. before it starts fermenting to increase the concentration. So we move on to the Chianti Classico. 
So this is the 2016 County Classico, 100% San just from the vineyards we have in Rada. So we have a few vineyards just outside the Rada Comune, so in Valiali and in Gaiore. But this is a, a sort of a selection. The idea is like a village, so it's a, a combination of all our vineyards and uh, yeah, made with long maceration, so two to, two to three months maceration. A combination in this case of cement and stainless steel and uh, a little bit of older oak. Obviously I was very privileged I got to see how you, like your approach to Sangiovese and Chianti, do you think what you're doing in Chianti is very different to a lot of producers in Chianti? And I think unfortunately because there are lots of producers making uh, wine at a bigger scale, um, it's sort of associated as a terroir that maybe is lesser than say Brunello but like the wines that I've tried particularly when you're at Riechene, like I don't find them lesser at all I think um, the the wines that I've tasted from particularly Gaioli like there's lots of potential there but unfortunately a lot of them fall under this Chianti Classico umbrella that sometimes they get forgotten slightly or maybe they don't get the same respect like what's your thoughts on that like do you have anything to say about that I do indeed I mean I think that it's a very long question yeah, it's a very long question <laughs> hope you're paying attention oh it was like when do I come in when do I come yeah. in yeah I was I mean the, the, the most important thing about Candy Glasgow I think is Sangiovese and I think the, the huge advantage we, that Brunello has or has had over the time is that it's got a, it's had an identity that's been linked to Sangiovese and it's a hotter area so up until 10 years ago they had an advantage of ripeness and, and we had an, we, we was, the, the wines weren't quite as ripe but actually we were making amazing wines in, in the 90s because we had wines that came in with a full ripeness of 12.5% alcohol so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring out as I'm a total Sangiovese fan I'd, and I'd rather not adulterate it with anything else um, we've got Sangiovese in all its formats here which I think with long maceration with lots of, lots of uh, attention in the vineyard you can actually bring out if not better at least as good as wines that are coming out of Brunello uh, or other areas and I think um, we have a wonderful microclimate all around Chianti Classico or Chianti I'd rather talk about Chianti than Chianti Vasco, but the whole area. Um, I think we can make... Uh... Sean was the first person to say to me that he found Sangiovese to be like Pinot Noir, like Nebbiolo, and, and I remember going there thinking, no, it's not. Like, initially I was like, no, it's not, and it was a really, like, um, it was a very closed-minded, slightly arrogant viewpoint, like, initially, when I was like... I don't know what this guy's on about. Like, but you think it's like just it. because no, Chianti still had that 80s Yeah, like, I think because that was bottle. my... I mean, that's what my parents drink, the straw bottle. That's my mum loves. Totally, it was this rustic thing. It's yeah. almost like Chianti by a lot of producers is a little bit similar to Rioja, where you've got this amazing terroir in Rioja, but a lot of people are doing this industrial, quite boring stuff with it. Not enough producers were really like it was all everything fell under the Chianti brand that the producer then became second and I think there's well, been a shift I mean sense. the big problem with with working in an appellation like like Chianti Classico is, right, so is, big. is, is Chianti Classico becomes the brand that's so, what I was thinking so, it's like you, it becomes difficult to so then if, if everybody in the, if, in the, well. if everybody in the appellation is trying to make wines for journalists like Robert Parker right. or people who like bigger softer sweeter wines which is what happened in the right. 90s uh, and the early 2000s um, you're, obviously your wines if you're going to make a candy glass you're, you're it expected expected that it's right. going to be big and black and dark and it's got 20% of Merlot or, some, or something else put into it right. so 
when I was a reagent, and the first thing John Dunkley said to me is, we're not going to do that. We're going to make 100% Sangiovese. Um, even when in the days when I started, we had to put 10% or not, 5% white grapes in the plant. He said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put 100% Sangiovese and just go ahead. With it. I guess and that I, becomes the sort of like the mother of invention is like, how do you distinguish yourself in a particular area where you have to fit within rules? How do you distinguish yeah. yourself between these rules? What I'm doing is, what is doing. I'm not trying to, I, I'm just trying to make the wine. I'm not trying to say, you know, this is the way everybody else should do. No, I'm no, just saying, sure. uh, this is the sort of stuff I like to drink. Right. And, uh, and as I said, it's a sort of, Sangiovese is a sort of combination between Pinot Noir and Nebbiolo. And, um, and I think that's the way it should be made. And that's what I'm trying to do here. I mean that Chianti is a very pretty style of Chianti as well the colour itself as well it's like transparent isn't it but um, not to focus on the colour too much but I think very nice I'm just going to jump to this one so this is the big brother of the Chianti so this is Uno so this is a new wine which we just started in 2016 I waited for 2016 because it's such a great vintage Um, and this is sort of just a big big brother in the fact that we it's a better selection everything in the vineyard is uh, I know more or less what vineyard this is going to come from and then we go in the cellar and then we take a little selection in the cellar so the idea is I'm looking at burgundy here so I'm looking at the, the great burgundies which are really light and really elegant um, and um, and just give it a touch of wood to lift the, lift the fruit uh, and see where it's see where it goes so there's a little bit more of everything in this wine, so but a little fruit, bit more concentrated. So the, the vineyards for this particular wine, where are they they're coming from, just Gaio? All around, no, all around Rado. All around, around Rado, Rado. Okay. Where Rado, not Gaio. It used to be Gaio. That's very nice. And why do you call it Uno? Because I know you also make a wine called Due. So if anybody comes across the two wines, what's the difference? So Uno is our top wine. So it's, uh, the idea is because it's our number one. So Uno being number one. And also it's 100% Sangiovese. So it's just one great variety. I know it doesn't sound very, you know, a name. But I ah. think the names, the shorter they are and the easier they are to remember, it's, remember it's, it. it's yes, better exactly. to go there. And, uh, Short and sweet. So actually my, my partners in, in Austria, they, they came up with the idea of calling it Uno and Due. We started off making Uno with a different label before we did this project, which was actually the base wine, but uh, we talked to some friends and they, they advised us and said, you know, it has to be the number one. So, so that's what we're doing, and I agree. It's, it's very delicious. Yeah. It's very pretty. It's quite floral, actually, on the ears. The was bottled about three weeks ago now. This was bottled in September, so it's showing, it's showing really nicely at the moment. I think it's just sort of showing his Sangiovese character, really light and elegant, and with it, with, but also with a depth. I always think one of my little moats, my, my quotes is, um, simplicity gives complexity. Sure. So the more simple something is, sometimes it can be so complex. The more you want to think yeah, about exactly. exactly. And, and this is what I'm trying to do with the wines, is something that's so simple when you taste it, but it actually has a huge complexity inside oh, I love that. The idea is to, to make something so pure, yeah, pure yeah. and simple. But Not adding that, everything in the yeah. kitchen sink. And it comes across because that yeah, wine's really stunning. beautiful. Yeah. As I've seen the wines year to year, they seem to get purer, brighter, more elegant. That for me was a... Don't spit that last one, I really don't. So I'm jumping to the, to the Guercio. So right. I, was, I was born blind in one eye. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a very good friend called Francesco, who's a chef. And he worked with Ducasse, and he's, he's very well known. And we, we, we used to hang out quite a lot. And when he, we got a little bit drunk, <laughs> Francesco better than anything. So, so um, and he, when he got a bit drunk, he called me Guercio bastard. 
goodness. <laughs> and Gretcha basically means one-eyed bastard. In, wow. In, in, uh, oh, I thought it meant one-eyed bandit, but it's Well, that's being nice. Yeah, that's, that's the way I have to version. That's the yeah. PC version, yeah. So, and oh, we, put, we put one-eyed rascal yeah. on the back. So, so um, and I love she, that this is raised also. It's very nice. On all the labels, there's a little bit of the image of the Il Guergio is raised on all of the labels. So I did this little logo, which is what they're talking about, which is um, a little sort of doodle with a one-eyed guy and a... Anyway, so, I love it. so the That's idea with this wine is it's from a, it's a single vineyard from a 700 meter high vineyard in Gaiore, which um, Mello. Mello, it's called Mello, not Merlo, Mello, um, and it's run by a, a guy called Marco and his wife Laura, she's from France, and he treats it like a garden, so it's, it doesn't use any tractors, it's all biodynamic, and yeah. And you can see, you almost see Siena and Florence, right? And it and it brings amazing grapes because it's so high that you, even with the, the climate change that we've had over the last 15, 20 years, um, you manage to have grapes which just have an amazing freshness. Um, so I, I decided with this this grapes to do a to, to go to the borders to see where I can get to with with long maceration, no oak. So this is 100% really? 100% cement. So. Wow. cement tanks from, from France from Nombleau. and we what we do is we, we pick the grapes we, we put some in bins and a whole bunch and the others in tanks and then after about two months of normal maceration normal normal fermentation we press out the bins and then top the tanks so we top them and then close them up with the skins and 20% whole bunch inside and and we just leave them there it's like a tea bag it's yeah. like a, it just sits in there and floats around we call it Pimontesina but the Piemonte guys don't know what we're talking about okay. because we, we think that's what they do but they don't actually they, do that like, no, but uh, we call it Piemontesina and so we just top the tank close it and leave it there and we pressed this off uh, the end of February last year so it's five, five to six months on the, on the skins and the whole, the whole skin thing is with the, with the, with the whole bunches you get a, uh, a softness but also get a huge complexity yeah, a big like yeah. Yeah. Going on and it's got a spiciness to it, which yeah. comes from the whole bunches, which makes it almost Syrah-like in a yeah. in a sort of in it's a cross cross semitage. Kind of I think of Alain Grayot. World class wine. I really like this wine. Yeah, it's really nice. So I'm super biased. I actually want to know what you normally pair this with. There she comes. Gwen's <laughs> yeah, very well known for her food and wine pairing. Well, but this was a bit of a conundrum for me because I think it can go in many directions. Well, the the, the, the nice thing about all these wines, I think, is that if you if you cool them slightly, yeah, they yeah. they go so well with almost everything, even with fish. I mean, I, I was there's a, one of my favorite restaurants down on the coast is a place called Los Colieto, and um, we we drank this with with roasted fish out of yeah, the oven, cool. and and I think. Um, one of the great things about wines that have an acidity, have a, right. a, a tannin, you can, I mean, you can always drink Go anywhere, yeah. yeah. But I think that's why every time I taste, I think of something else. Yeah. Normally, if I take a sip, I'm instantly taken to a dish, but with this one, it's pulling me in many directions. Yeah. Well, because in the beginning, the very, before I got the sort of, like, structure of it, it makes me think of fresh tomatoes, because they made me put it in my head. But then I was thinking, yeah, roasted things, it would do well with things that are grilled, because there's a liver, spiciness. Liver, calves, liver. Yeah, I really think, you, I think you're right. I think you can go anywhere. And I think that's why I was struggling with picking one thing, because I think it, every sip, it's like a hologram. It kind of takes you yeah. somewhere else. Anyway, Sean, thank you so much for the tasting through uh, Tenuta di Carleone. How, for people that don't know the wine, how do we all find out a little bit more? Like, how do we find you? You find me it's, on Instagram, Sean Il Guercio. Uh, which Guercio is my nickname so Sean Il Guercio 
We'll add um, that to the link yeah. so everybody can see the spelling. Uh, Carlione.it. Okay. And that's Great. it, really. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you so much because um, obviously for me, as I've already said, I'm very biased, but I, I adore the wine, so I'm super happy to have an opportunity to taste them again. And I'm when? very grateful to have had a chance to taste them because they're absolutely delicious. Definitely hope to revisit them again. <laughs> I'll visit Sean usually. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Sounds flash. So you can find, as mentioned, him on Instagram. You can find us at juice.podcast. On Twitter, juice underscore podcast. Or on our website at juice.show where you can pick up a tote bag for you, your mum or any of your friends where you can carry eight of these delicious bottles with you anywhere. Maybe ten reasoning Maybe bottles ten. if you're yeah. very optimistic. I mean, if you can do it, send a picture or send it to us. <laughs> um, and otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Thanks, Em. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Cheers, everybody.